This is a Think Live Be production. Hello. Are we starting? This? We're starting. We're starting this podcast. Yeah. But wait, I've got one more thing to do. What are you doing? I got to send an email. <laughs> so, okay, you, you go ahead and send that. Kayla and I will talk. Can you talk about uh, how I, I'm always telling you that I've just got to do one more thing and it's to send an email? <laughs> and it takes like 30 minutes. I've, I've come to the realization that when Catherine says, hey, Oh, we're like we're getting ready to go somewhere or what or or sit down and watch a movie or something and she's like let me send an email real quick that i know i just open my phone and start playing uh a video game or something because i know it's going to be 30 minutes <laughs> every single time i just watch her type and then erase everything and then type again and erase everything <laughs> so that's how that goes so i think what we're going to do today go ahead you can keep sending your email well i can't it's not working oh Why? my gosh um yeah so yeah, so you you can if you can't tell from Catherine's I'm feeling frazzled. voice, because she just walked in the studio from driving from way on the other side of town. Yes, and, and then so, I have to leave. I know I was getting to it, <laughs> so she's all wound up. <laughs> but this is the this is the thing. It's like in our in our real estate lives, um, like you'd never really one hundred percent know what you know what your day is like. You can plan out your day, and then well, I want to see this. Oh, I need to do this. And then all of a sudden your day can be really, really full. And yeah. we talk about time management and you can control that to a certain degree, but some days are just busier than others. And this was one of those days where there was just like one thing after another and it's all over in every direction of central Florida. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so after we finish this podcast, Catherine has to get back in the car. It's by the way, just for, if you want to timestamp it, it's five o'clock right now. So we're going to do this podcast. She's going to get back in the car, drive all the way to the other side of town to show one house. One house. One house. <laughs> but can oh, I man. can I tell you too? I'm going to wrap presents while you're gone because <laughs> it's the only Ooh, time. That's I, fun. Yeah, They're all for me. They're all for you. So, but so we're going to uh, kind of do a little bit of a different format today, and we're going to start with a question from the web. But wait, can I say one more thing? No. <laughs> no, this is your podcast. You're so wound up. Oh my goodness. I know I didn't even have my second coffee. Um I did I kind of I always forget that the the sun goes down. The sun is like yeah, going I down. Know. By the time I go to show dark. this house, we're not gonna be able to see it. Yeah, it's gonna be dark. I totally didn't think about that when I was scheduling this. Yeah. Um so I, I that'll was, be fun. Yeah, I was making sure when I was showing the rental properties that I wasn't scheduling anything past four fifteen. Because by the time 4.30 rolls around, it's already so dark out back that you can't see anything. So anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to start with a question from the web. So I'm going to play that theme. Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Question. So I'm going to uh, pull the question up here. It's an audio question. So do you want to uh, tell people what they're listening to? I was going to say, don't you want me to do the intro? She's going <laughs> to tell you. Um, yes. Welcome 
to Seeking the Best. This is our podcast. And uh, we try to seek out the best in ourselves as we deal with the personal (laughs) struggles of real estate professionals, one of which I just described is time management. And uh, I'm Catherine Stelgis. And across from me is my director of operations, Kayla Boundy. Hi. And then our sound engineer, producer, extraordinaire, uh, Patrick Fatika. Hello. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to do things a little different today and we're going to jump right into a question from the web. And you said there's an audio file. Yeah. I'm trying to pull it up here. Give me a second. Oh, so fill time. Yeah. That's what <laughs> I'm telling you. Fill in the time. Fill time. Yeah. Um, I don't mind evening showings, um, like it doesn't bother me to go show a property even this time of year. There's something kind of fun about um, like the sun going down and it's kind of chilly out. It's not that cold here, but um, it's kind of chilly out and it's kind of fun. But um, you really can't you really can't see the house at all. <laughs> and so uh, that's one thing that I think you can manage your time around is is telling people like, oh, well, we really can't see a house during this time of year after 6 p.m. because it's pitch black. So, you know, do you have any daytime hours available? So it's easy this time of year. I think it's easier this time of year, I should say, to um, to manage your evenings. But then once the time changes again and you're in the summer months and then it's like bright out until 9 p.m. or something, um, that becomes a little bit more challenging to tell people no. Um, so, yeah. So, Showing houses right now is fun too, uh, because there's like one new listing every two weeks that matches somebody's criteria because there's such a listing shortage that, um, like you kind of feel like you have to jump on it, even though it's nighttime and, um, we're not going to be able to see anything. Like, I feel like we have to go see it. Because if we don't, then it could be gone tomorrow. Sleep on it. You won't sleep in it. <laughs> I've never said those words. Really? Yeah. I know that's like a common little fun line, but I've never said that. <laughs> I think it's catchy. I, I would say it if I was an agent. I don't know. <laughs> I'm more like, um, you know, I just ask like, well, what do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Like, the, I just ask a bunch of questions when we're at the end and usually you can kind of tell when somebody's feeling it, if they're, if they start, it's so funny, Pat, cause you said this about you, you've turned into a realtor for a couple of weeks. Uh, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> not intentionally, but just, we have our, both of our rental properties kind of aligned at the same time where they're available. And so he's been doing the showings because I don't have time for that. And, um, so he's kind of turned into a little realtor and he was saying that, you know, somebody was kind of mapping out their furniture and how that's a good sign. And so it's so funny that even with a rental, like you picked up on that, um, yeah, if somebody's talking about their, their furniture and how they would live in a space, that's a good sign that they like it. Um, so usually I feel like I can tell if, uh, if somebody like something enough to say like, you know, how do you feel about this one? Um, and then if I get the vibe that they don't like it, then it's a lot easier to be like, so, so what did you think? And then they'll usually right away tell you, oh no, this isn't for us. And then I'll say, okay, what, what don't you like about it? So that we don't, you know, look at something like this again. And, um, and then they'll, you know, give you the feedback that you need ask a couple digging questions to make sure you fully understand their reservations and then 
pack it up and get on out of there because you're not writing an offer on that one. Um, but definitely the, if they're there for a while and they're starting to like map out where they'd put their furniture, that's a, that's a good indication that you should be asking them. And you know what I think, um, sometimes people like are afraid to ask if somebody wants to make an offer. And I probably did that too. When I was a new agent, I probably or didn't even know to ask, but like it is a natural closing to where when you're done with a showing or you're done with a listing presentation, it's a natural thing to say, do you want to make an offer? And like, you shouldn't feel bad or awkward or uncomfortable about that. You should just, just know that like, in fact, those people might really be wanting to, but they don't know how to tell you they want to make an offer. They don't know what next steps are. So you got a conversation for them or at least, yeah, you've got to kind of ask them like, is this something that you would like to move forward on? Like, would you like any more information? Do you need any pricing information? Although don't offer. Pricing to tell you, <laughs> you do the numbers yourself. And- well, don't it. Well, I was going to say, don't, um, don't offer to do a CMA or market analysis for uh- every house. <laughs> I've had people make that mistake before. Um, other agents that have worked with me before, would offer it like on every house. And it's like, no, 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 no. Takes your time too, too much. Well, because if you offer it, they'll usually say yes, because they're like curious, like, oh, I wonder how much this house is worth. But that's something you offer if somebody says like, yeah, I can see myself living here. Like what would be the next (laughs) steps? Okay, great. So this is something you'd want to make an offer on. Great. Okay. Next thing would be we need to decide what kind of a price you want to offer. So let's look at some comparable sales. But you don't don't offer that up, or you'll be doing a lot of CMAs for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and once you do one, they want it every time. They're like, "Oh, hey, can you do one of those market analysis? Can you things? just whip it up for me, please? Can you just do that real quick? <laughs> it's it. It only takes like an hour, but can you just do that real quick?" It doesn't really take an hour. No. It depends on um. Well, how new you are too. Well, yeah. I think CMAs are, this is not the topic of today's show, uh, but CMAs, I think, are one of the hardest things like new agents have told me that they find like that's the hardest thing that they try to learn, try to to learn how to master. Yeah, because they don't they don't have any idea. Well, it's kind of like algebra versus algebra two and geometry. Like there's just certain things that you have to learn what what weighs what for the properties. And to some people, they just weren't good at numbers. So it takes longer for them to to puzzle the the fireplace is plus this and minus that. And the pool addition is plus this and it's, minus you gotta that You got to remember there. the acronym. It's, oh, don't, oh, do you remember C, it? Is it uh, <laughs> CIA? Okay. Comparable is... Mm-mm. Oh dang it! <laughs> you were close. Yeah, CIA and subject. CBS. CBS. Comparable is better. Subtract. Subtract. Com- CIA. Comparable inferior ad. ad. Exactly. You See? got it. See, I knew. I knew. <laughs> but I think people just don't know well, how much do I add or subtract, and that's that is kind of like it's not easy to figure that out. And like if you become a student of the market, then you're always kind of looking around like looking for those value differences to say like in this neighborhood, it seems like a pool is worth $20,000. And that changes over like years, right? Like a pool yeah. cost is different from 2015 to now 
when you do the CMAs? Well, and I think it, it depends on just the neighborhood in general. Cause like some neighborhoods, um, we have in, in Orlando, uh, in central Florida, we have some areas where it's, it would be weird not to have a pool. Like the houses are built, like especially short-term rental communities, they're built with pools. They're all the exact same house and they have the exact same little pool. And so if you have a house that doesn't have a pool, that's a really big, weird difference. Um, but the pool itself doesn't really add much value because every other house has it, but it's detrimental if, if you don't have one in a neighborhood like that. So it just depends really like real estate is, is local. It's always local. So it just depends on the area that the house is in and what that would be worth. Like this, you know, I'm, I'm going to two completely different areas today, like where I just came from and where I'm going, where the houses look different, the neighborhood is different, the demographics, the amenities, like everything is so different that you could not use two houses from the same place, even though they're technically both on central Florida, the prices would just not be the same. So that's what uh, a lot of new agents struggle with. They also struggle with, I think, what our question of the day is. <laughs> yeah. So I, for whatever reason, it's not letting me log in to, to play it. So I'm going to put it in right here. Hey, I got a very buyer heavy business right now and I want to get more listings. What's the best way to get um, listing leads in today's market? Thank you. Okay, so now we we just played the question, and basically what he was asking, thanks for the question, was <laughs> um, in this buyer-heavy market, uh, how do you get listings? Ah, that is the age-old question, I think. Yeah. In any market. In any market, but... That is like, I do remember as a new agent, I remember that was my my question too, was like, well, how do I do this thing? <laughs> And the specifically getting listings because you are taught and as you should be like if you intend on being a single agent or running a team, listings are really important. If you want to join a team, then it doesn't really matter. So because you're you can have a really successful career within a team um, and, ne- and never having a listing. And never have a listing. Like, yes, you can absolutely work in the, the specialist model and just being like a, a specialist in that one thing, which is the model that I really like, because I think that allows you to really master something instead of trying to be this jack of all trades, which no one really does that well. Nope. Um, so, but you're taught as a new agent and, and if you're a single agent, it's, this is true. Um, or if you're running a team or want to have a team that you need to go out and get listings. And that's because listings bring buyers. So for every listing, you should be able to get two pieces of business, maybe not in this market because things do move so quickly. Like you don't have enough time to actually leverage the listing to get two buyers out of it. But even if you could get one buyer from every listing, if you really could keep those numbers and consistently hold to that, you could have a successful business if you just focused on listings. Sure. So that is what everybody, that's always the big question. Well, but, and you'll, you, you would even have buyers just ran, even if you, it wasn't leveraged, that would probably fall into your lap, a few of them, because that's, that's just the numbers. Like phone calls from friends, hey, we want to buy a house. 
that's going to happen. That happens way more often than, Hey, we want to sell a house. So you're going to get buyers just randomly anyway. Yes. For whatever reason. Um, and I've heard this many times before. Um, and it sort of makes sense, but like when people want to sell their house, they don't usually tell people about their plans. Right. For whatever reason. Yeah. We've talked about this before, like this idea of it's not always as exciting that you want to tell everybody that you're selling the house there. We know you can take a a big swath of that. It's a bad thing that they're selling. There's a divorce. There's we're cutting back. Someone lost a job. Um, It's not we're moving away. We don't want to tell everyone that we're moving. Whatever it happens to be, whatever it happens to be. But with a buyer, it's exciting. Oh, we're going to buy a house. We're going to, we want to buy a house. So you're much more out there on your social media or whatever saying, uh, we're going to go look at houses. We're so excited, but we want, we're going to start our lives together and what, whatever that is. So it seems like people are much more open with buying than they are with selling. Well, and also if you think about it, like everything you said, hundred percent true. But if you think about it like this, what do you do in preparation to sell? It's like all the messy stuff that you don't want to like, it's like cleaning and, and clearing out stuff. And so why would you, you wouldn't start telling people about your plans and sharing Instagram photos of like cleaning out your attic or whatever. So, so there's nothing, even though the move itself could be an exciting thing, you're not going to start talking about selling until you're like ready to, to list and ready to choose that agent. So it's really harder to get referrals because friends are like, yeah, I don't really know anyone that's thinking of selling. It's like, well, sure you do. You just don't know that you do. Right. Because you haven't heard them say it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like everybody knows somebody who right now is contemplating selling their house. You just don't know that they are because you, unless you're super close with them and you're having intimate conversations about things, you may not know that, you know, oh, we're getting too old for these stairs <laughs> so <how do laughs> or we, whatever other right, reason. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it does, it becomes challenging because we always talk about our database is our biggest source of business. And I would love if somebody knows how to get more listings from your database, like, please tell us. Um, and I say that and then I'm like, oh, wait, you know how you could do that? <laughs> you just call them. <laughs> you call, <laughs> call them and ask. But you do. Like if you ca- if you keep in touch with your database regularly, you should kind of have an idea of when they're planning to sell because you're talking to them about that. If you call them quarterly and you make sure that you're talking to them, you should have an idea of what their family planning or their life planning is because you're talking about it with them. Um, saying like, how's the house holding up? Well, we're thinking about moving. It's too small. You should, but how do you get more listings or more referrals for listings? That becomes challenging because those people, they might tell you personally, but they don't necessarily know somebody else. What about, I just came up with this. I don't know if this is anything, but okay. So you have <laughs> Let's your, talk it out. you yeah. have your sphere, right? And you have your, if you're following along with us, we have a, our VIP group. What if you were to offer to your sphere or to your VIP group, a free home appraisal? Isn't now, it- I, I know that home appraisals cost you money to get them done but wouldn't it stand a reason that it's a it's a conversation starter that if you have offer free appraisals to people who have purchased homes from you that or that are in your that that are in your sphere that if they're looking for an appraisal 
there might be a reason for that. I don't um, know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Like what, what, like, like the question said, like, what else can you do well, that you're not already doing that could maybe open so, some doors? So what am my immediate reaction to that is I can just do a, the, a CMA for them. I'll just do a CMA like we were talking about earlier. Like that is one of my strengths and it's probably better than whatever appraisal I would pay for anyways. Well, that might, <laughs> that might be true. I was just thinking um, I was, but that's that whole home your home value thing. Yeah. I, I, you doing an appraisal or you, I'm sorry, you're doing a CMA for somebody. Um, let's just play that out. So you were to say, Hey, I'm giving away free, uh, CMAs for the, your home value. Well, if 30 people say we want that, it's like, granted, that's going to cost a hell of a lot less than 30 appraisals. Yeah. Um, but, would would they be interested in that? Like, is that something that you can create a coupon or a a thing for, and and send directly out to your sphere and and uh, well, what I would they be interested in that, or is that uh, is that nothing? I I think um, <laughs> is that nothing? I don't I don't think it's anything because you know who needs an appraisal is somebody who wants to refinance. And then that doesn't get us any listings. Now, they could choose not to refinance. And all of a sudden, we're having a real estate conversation and realize that instead of refinancing, you should actually buy a larger right. home and that's sell what this I, one. That's what I was getting at, I guess, is like people want to know how much their home is worth before they decide, like, can we get that? Would we, If we could get that, could we move? Well, yeah, but um, I'm, I'm, I guess what... What you're talking about, though, is I don't like appraisals are kind of expensive. Um, it sounds like there's more weight being put on the appraisal because you're paying for it versus the CMA that you can provide to them like, as a professional. Yeah. Yes. Well, so yes. listen, let me just let me stop you right there because I'm not going to buy. I know we're not. Yeah, no, I, I know that. I know no, that. I no. guess what can you offer to your sphere? What can you offer to your VIPs? to specifically sit to, to to offer them something that the people who are saying yes I want that is a clue to you that they might be thinking about selling so what are some other things you wouldn't normally know so that what that are some other case. things that you would need if you were planning on moving uh, somebody to come in and take a look at all the crap in your house and see what you need to get get going so uh, cleaning like professional cleaners, professional one. movers, like some sort of discount on moving. Maybe um, a landscaping, a one-time lawn maintenance. You could offer peel. things like that. And then if somebody takes you up on that offer, then it's a clue that they might be thinking um, of doing that. Okay. As long as they're good people. I mean, you always got the bad eggs who are like, I'll well, take that why, lawn care. That's why you don't just send it. You don't send a blanket postcard to everybody. Well, and you, I don't think you're offering VIP. to pay. I think what you what you need to do is like the, you're talking about like calls to action that yeah. that if they take advantage of that, it's cluing you in that they might have a need. A real call um, to action specific to your sphere and, and VIP, not so much a call to action on find out what your home value is on a postcard that like, nobody, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I sent out thousands of postcards to well, get a lead off of that. This is more um, well, what do other surgical. People- Right. Like what do other people you might need a handyman? So what if you were offering not not that you would pay for handyman services, because I think that could get really expensive really sure. fast. Yeah. And the same thing with the appraisals. Like I'll take a free appraisal. Like, right. why not? It doesn't 
it doesn't hurt to have one, but, um, does that really mean that they're thinking of selling or are they just curious because you can run home value ads all over the place. And we found one of the lead sources that we did. It's not that people didn't sell, but it was like a 15%. It was 15% actually sold their home. So, but how many home values were given out? Right. So it, I'm just saying like, I wouldn't pay for something. What you're offering those, you could offer like um, a specific service provider, like work out a deal where your clients get 20% off or something. And then you give them that offer, but they, they don't have the contact information for that service provider. They have to contact us. And then that clues us in that they would potentially like a special value being serviced or being provided when they work with us to sell their home. Well, that's like, a, here's, here's a value that we provide as well, that's organization. That's a different thing. Yeah. That's actually, that's kind of um, like a tier thing, but like, it'd be like the lawn care in springtime. It'd be a really good time to highlight that you sign with us in springtime. We provide, I don't know if that's against any regulations or not though. So check that. It's not. Okay. Oh, you, I don't no. know. Like giving a free service for them to like sign on with us is like promising something for like a return in business. Oh, well, not, you can do that. I okay. mean, that's like, um, you know, I yeah. mean, I can offer free services if I want to. Like I sure. can include it's just part of our. We do it. She. That's what those postcards are. Get a free home, home value, value. Yeah. estimate. It's like her. But what you were talking about with the home value, because I think we're talking about a couple different we are, things. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, but we're specifically talking about database because as we all know, that's still like 100% your best source. But how do you get more out of it is if you were offering, whether it be um, a discount to specific service providers or a, like specific service, if they list with us or if any of their friends or family I think either of those can work if it's um, if it's done consistently so that they keep seeing like the right. It's got to be part of the overall like direct mail email. Like you've got to kind of hit them regularly with like, if you list with us, you get this. It's an extra value that and make sure they know that their friends get it, too, because then they might be more inclined to refer their friends. But again, how do they know? How do they know that their friends want to sell? That's that's the right. The we'll figure that out one day kind of I mean, question. All of the, <laughs> uh, I've noticed that a, a lot of the questions that we get, they all kind of come back to the same thing, which is you need to be contacting your database and your sphere all the time and being in touch with them. If you're doing those things and you're doing it consistently daily, then, then we know then that's how you're going to get most of your business. Now you can create postcard, uh, you know, eight by eights that go to neighborhoods that you decide you want to farm and you do your research and make sure no one else is farming there and owns that neighborhood and, 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 and all of those things. Those are all, those are all possibilities, but they cost a lot of money. And if you're, because you can't do it once you've got it and it takes years before that you start to really see the return of consistently doing that. So all of these questions all come back to the same thing, which is you need to massage that database and sphere. And when you think you have, you've just talked to that person, you really haven't go call them again. Can I say something? <laughs> um, yes, 100%. Um, what I, what I think, is really, really important is actually talking to them because this is where like, and once you have a client, 
because I know this sounded like a newer agent. Once you have a client and you close, you got to make sure that you don't lose contact because you want them to be so committed to you as their realtor. Like you're the person that they're talking to about, should we refinance? I've had a conversation today with someone who was like, should I refinance? I want people asking those types of questions right. to me. And Anything. I don't know the answer if she should or shouldn't, <laughs> but, but it's a real estate related question. Right. And, and I can, thought of you. you can point her and point that person in a direction of who they should talk to for whatever it is. And by the way, like, okay, so I'm going to take us down a little rabbit hole real quick. I called that girl like two weeks ago and I left a message that said, Hey, hope you're having a good holiday season. I have a quick question for me for you. Give me a call back. And two weeks later, she called me back and she's like, I'm so sorry. I haven't called you back. Blah, blah, blah. What was the question? I don't remember. It's been a while, <laughs> but how are you doing? <laughs> um, I didn't go into like I could have said, oh, I was just wondering if you had a lead for me. But no, if I had gotten her on the phone, I might have said like, hey, we're doing a contest or whatever, because we are. We're doing a little, <laughs> little referral contest. Um, I might have said that if I got her on the phone. But since she was calling me back. I just said, you know, I honestly don't remember what the question was, but um, because I don't remember that day what I was doing, what I was calling her for. Um, but how are you doing? And then we just kept talking and, and you talking. Could, you could always say, do you have any questions? Well, we just kept talking. <laughs> yeah. So we just kept talking. And, you know, as you build a relationship with someone, then it's if you if you just leave the message and then uh, now look, she called me back. But I brought that up because I wanted to point out that voicemail script because that still to this day works the best that I found is if you just say, Hey, I've got a quick question for you. Can you give me a call back? Um, I get more calls back by doing that than saying like, Hey, I hope you're doing well. And like, I was seeing if you knew anybody who wanted to buy any real estate and they're like, Nope, don't not going to call her back today. So then you don't actually have the conversation where it leads to them asking you some real estate related question. Cause it always does. So now I've talked to her. She had thought about real estate while we were talking, asked me a question. I pointed her in the right direction for how to get the answer to that for her particular needs. I'm her real estate resource. Right. Now you have and a then, reason to follow up with her exactly. for an additional touch. That's what yeah, I was just Set that say, task yeah. reminder for yes. me. <laughs> <Set> <laughs> remember. That. Somebody put that in the calendar. Somebody put that in the calendar. <laughs> but, um, but my point with that is that you've got to actually talk to the people so that they're so committed to you as not only you're their real estate resource where like when they have those thoughts, you pop in their head. Like, should I refinance? I should ask Catherine. Should I add on a, an addition? I should ask Catherine. I, do I want to remodel my kitchen? I should ask Catherine. If you have people like that, then anytime they do even get a whiff of somebody doing something, right. they'll think of you. And your goal every single day when you wake up, this is what I was saying before, is to add people to that list of people that would do that. Is, and if you and to I keep, want people, keep adding people to that list and that will pay off in the long run. You're just you're just setting the pipeline up for for uh, if you can add 10 people every every few months to that list. And when I say add, I mean, you already have this list. This is your sphere. That's what this is. And but you might not, you know, if you have a sphere of 200 people, you might not be talking to all 200. So that's that's the goal is to set up to where you are in com constant communication with 200 people. So um, on, on that note, like I want people so loyal that even if they're like mom got a real estate license, they wouldn't work with their mom. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> wow. We've, but, we've had that happen. Stuff like that has happened. But to be to be serious, and I think I brought this up 
maybe an episode or two ago, but like this is part of the business is you will lose people along the way. And your goal is just to like mitigate that loss. A lot of those sellers move out of town. Well, yeah. If you're a listing focused business, guess what happens? People move away and yeah. then you don't have as many past clients, even though you might've sold hundreds of homes. A lot of those people you're not going to keep in touch with as often because they don't live here anymore. And so you've got to focus on the people that are here and part of the community that could refer business and that you can invite to a client appreciation party and see and stuff. But, um, so yes, that was a lot about database, but it's always going to be the top source for business. And I think there's ways to, to generate more listings is to, make calls to action where it's about listings. Like every time you're communicating with your database, you're talking about, do you know anyone who wants to sell their home? I I, I wish I had taken out of my, um, my lexicon, the word buy with my database a long time ago, because now I do like they'll, they'll send buyer referrals whenever, but I, I don't get as many seller referrals. And I think it's because for the longest time I never, asked for specifically listings, you right. know, like who do you know that's selling a house? And that I, I can, I kind of think if I think back and think about how you speak and how I've heard you speak and like kind of just, we say this all the time. Do you know anyone who wants to buy or sell home? Buy always comes first. Yeah. Well, it's the it's script. A, it's just it's a al- script that I learned. First. Yeah. But what I've realized is, especially with your, with your database of people, if you just focus on sellers, um, I think you'll, you'll get better results with so what listings. Are the, so what, where what about the other sources? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So, listings? so we've, yes. Yeah, so, so, so obviously sphere is, is the number one most important thing. And, and if you're, if you're feeling like you're not getting enough listings, what can I do today to change that? Um, going af- go getting in contact with your sphere is the number one, because everything else that comes after that is, it takes a long time. It's not a, it's not instant. Right. So, um, well, so some of the other sources, um, would be like, you mentioned farming and farming. Yeah. Number one. Well, I'll say like, I think what mistakes people make when they go to farm is that they choose like their own neighborhood instead of looking at right, how much think, turnover a neighborhood right. actually has, like how many they people say, are moving I out live of the in area. This neighborhood. I'm going to use that as a marketing tool because I live here. And it's like, that's not really a marketing tool that you live in the neighborhood, especially if some other agent has been farming to, who doesn't live in that neighborhood, but has been farming to that neighborhood for five years and has six signs in the, in the neighborhood. You're going to have a hell of a time trying to, trying to, overcome that yeah those are numbers and facts that you can so you bring. have to you have to know who else is farming to that neighborhood how do how do people find how do you find that that's or, a whole that, that's too that's big a whole of a, that's a okay we'll like get, where to farm like why you should choose a neighborhood and, yeah and, i think and, that's like a whole yeah and how do you how do you find out if somebody else is already farming to that neighborhood and, and i know that there are ways to do that and stuff but maybe we can do an episode kind of just that look the at future. the market share on like the homes that sold in that area, would that kind well, of dictate? Yeah, you want to look at the market share. If somebody has, like, if you can look at the homes that have sold and you can see someone's name like quite a few times, they probably are doing some kind of marketing there, or they live there themselves, and all it happens to have a good turnover rate, so they farm there themselves. So it's going to be really hard to penetrate some some neighborhood like that because 
they already have a presence or they wouldn't have their name on the list of sales that many times. Right. Um, so farming though, like you have to, like a lot of times people will door knock with farming, um, to get their face known. Obviously you can't do that right now. Uh, I would say with any lead source, uh, if you're starting something new, you're probably wanting to do some sort of eight by eight touch thing first, because usually farming is going to be, um, sending direct mail. So once a month you're sending some kind of direct mail, you're doing community events that you're inviting those people to. Um, and then you could door knock during a non pandemic time just to put a face to that marketing that you're sending out. But if you send something this month and then you don't send something again until next month, it's going to take a really long time. So to kind of jumpstart that, if you did eight touches in eight weeks, even if they were real small inexpensive postcards, but you did eight touches over eight weeks, then you're going to see results, I think a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, just because they're going to see your name more frequently, but farming is a whole other thing. It's passive. It takes a long time. You've got to get involved in the community too. Like just the postcards is not enough. You've got to get involved. And then it's, and then it kind of, I think, um, like compounds on itself. Like once you finally get that listing, then you can leverage that into more business. Um, and, and then people Ho- start hopefully. to see, start talking, neighbors start what, recommending. It becomes in, in this market, it's a good listing in that neighborhood and you put a sign. Well, it could and then go it so sells, quickly. Yeah. sells overnight and there's no time to leverage. But if you, um, you know, that's why you strategically plan when you have a listing in a neighborhood you do farm or that you uh, want to farm that you should, once you get that first listing, even if it goes under contract quickly, plan strategically so that you can have some sort of neighborhood open house, neighborhood invitation to come preview it. So you can at least hit those people once or twice with like just listed neighborhood invite open house and then just sold. But again, we've talked about this once before, like only do those postcards and things if you're going to farm it consistently. Like, I don't think that's necessary for like every open house or every new listing, but if you're farming it, then it's, it's getting them to see your name so many times that like they can't think of anyone else right. for real estate. And, and I don't know if this, if that really helps this, uh, person that put in the question because we're talking about like, what do I do right now be in this market? And it's like that, farming is is long term for the weather slow and steady on that it's there that is not something if you if you're like what am i going to do in the next two months to get a bunch more listings so that i'm more even with my buyers and sellers it's a good idea to do the farming of course but if you're looking for large results quickly that's not really the avenue you want to go down. Well, the only way to get large results, well, I shouldn't say large um, because of this market, I think is challenging. Good, uh, Good results. Well. Hmm. Decent results. <laughs> results. The, who, you know, nobody wants to to do this, including myself, by the way. I've never been um, a FISBO expired person, but um, if you want listings, you have to go to people who want to list their house. And the only people that you know today who want to list their house for sale without, you know, constantly tapping into your database and looking for an area to farm and sending out postcards and going and waiting. The only other way to find those people is to look for people who actually had their house on the market or currently do by themselves. So those are the two, like you want listings fast. You've got to hit those people hard. And like, that should be to me. I mean, you gotta do that. That what's that called? The callback. 
The you, what? what it's where you, the, six, the ten and six, yeah, or you, six and ten. Yeah, How's where you go? where you find those Fisbo numbers and you call and they you get the machine and you immediately call back and you get what's that called when you call somebody multiple double times? Double tap. Yeah. Double tap. Ah. You have to you have to invest. You have to plan on doing that with every single person. So you call, they don't answer. You call back, and then you call back again. And I forget what the percentages are, but they're quite high that they're going to answer on that third call well, compared to the first. And and I have like we we talk about this, and even though I haven't built this business on calling these people, I've called Fizbo's and expired multiple times, and. The the thing with the for sale by owners right now is that they um they think they can sell themselves because there's such a shortage of inventory. And so calling them in the first week that they're new to the market, you're probably not going to get much traction and they're not interested in listing yet, all that stuff. So you're kind of you're looking for people who maybe have been sitting for a little while um, to reach out to them and try to get in your foot in the door with them because yeah. they're the ones who are starting to contemplate like Maybe I shouldn't have done this this way. And if it's not selling after two, three weeks in this market. You should you be able to create doubt in their mind about like maybe this, maybe this isn't going to work, and um and and get in front of them to have those conversations, and then the expires. Those are tricky because in this market, there's not as many expired as maybe have been in previous markets because things are, are selling, selling right, and if they're not, then it's probably there's probably a good reason for it, right. But think about like this, like there's 16 in our area, there's 16,000 other real estate agents. There's a high likelihood that that house didn't sell, um, not because it couldn't, but because that agent didn't do a good job, didn't explain the pricing properly. Like, I think we like to think that the sellers are just unrealistic with their pricing. And that's true sometimes, but also sometimes they just don't, they're not educated. So if you can get in front of them and show them, you know, your house should have sold, but your agent should have told you this, that, or this, and that would have helped you achieve that goal, then you should be able to get some listings from those activities. It's just nobody wants to do that because yeah. it's like it's rejection over and over, get over again. It. <laughs> I mean, I understand not I wanting think the to the rentals do it. also depending on maybe well, when we abs- were purchased, the rentals or absentee, absentee owners. owners. As well. So absentee owners and rentals. And if you can find, um, like one of the things that we pay for, um, is, uh, like has for rent by owners. And so if you could get for rent by owners on the phone, you might be able to show them that, Hey, have you considered selling? Like this market is prime for selling and investors understand that, um, like sell, sell high, buy low. They understand that mentality. So looking for people who have owned their homes for maybe 10, 20 years and if that you, are investments and absentee owners, like those are the people to to talk to. We do, you know, we do stuff to absentee owners too. And that has, we've gotten listings from that as well. And if you really want to get into it and get into the nitty gritty of that, like we were talking about how every single time we um, get a new tenant every every year, if the tenants move out, um, when their lease is up, by the time they move out and we get a new tenant in, it's a month later. So the There's first that. time you buy a house in, in at the beginning of November, 
that tenant moves in at the beginning of December. They move out the following year at the beginning of December. It takes a month. Then the next tenant comes in in January. And then it, the following year, the next tenant comes in in February. So if you go and look at people who are own properties and have renters in there, you can look at what year they bought the house, do the math, and then send postcards and letters on those months in which you know the tenant is most likely moving out or re-signing specifically. Well, you ask. can even, if they had the property listed for rent, you could even find right. well, um, that's true too. Like yeah. properties that were leased, you know, so last year at this time. Yeah. Because those tenants might be up for renewal. Um, so, if, and then you just have to get the phone numbers and mailing addresses and create some sort of plan. Cause that's the, that's the mistake I think that, you know, I'm sure we've made multiple times um, and everybody does is that you, you can't just say, okay, today I'm going to go out and I'm going to call expires and then it doesn't work. And then I'm just never going to do it again. Or that, um, I'm going to call for rent by owners this week and you do, and that like doesn't stick and you don't get a listing from it that you just stop doing it altogether. You have to decide like what of all of those things we just talked about, what are three sources that I can work with and what is the plan to get listings from those sources and then start implementing that. Right. And I'm out. <laughs> okay. So we're going to wrap up a little early this week. We'll make up for it next week with I don't know what, but we're going to make up for a shorter podcast this week. It's going to be a Christmas holiday week. special. <laughs> right. We're going to, we're going to sing songs. It's no, going to no, be. No, 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 <laughs> Well, and maybe we'll, we'll maybe come up with a couple more listing things. Although I think those are pretty fair. <laughs> Rentals, absentees, expireds, fizbos, and your sphere. Yeah. I mean, that's. Shake something from that and start getting some clients in that sphere. Yeah. And other than that, you're talking about, I mean, you can always find sellers at open houses too. Um, so you can go and do open houses as well yeah. and, and be looking for people. Cause what did we've said this before the pink letter campaign, there is a high likelihood that if you're sitting in an open house, there's somebody on that street that's thinking about selling. Right. And they, and they will list their house at some point. So go talk to those people. Yeah. There is no, <laughs> wherever there is a listing for there's sale, no single, there's somebody else nearby who's thinking of selling. So uh, at the end of the day, there's no single answer to this question there's well, a there's there's 500 small answers you have to pick a few that you decide i'm going to invest my time and energy into and then not stop doing them be consistent make it work <laughs> okay small win small win small win small win i'll go first okay yes. um my small win was that I made holiday cookies this weekend. And they were delicious. They were delicious. And I gave them out to everybody, all the staff people at the office. Well, how did you decide to, that you were going to make Christmas cookies? How did I decide? Yeah. You told me I needed a de-stress activity. <laughs> That's right. I found 10 recipes and I said, pick three of these that you want to make. And then I picked two. And, and we went and got all the ingredients. And it was a lot of fun. It took two full days, but it was it was really relaxing because, well, it didn't really take two full days, but it was like yeah. two half days because um, I made enough for everybody. And um, it was really relaxing. It takes your mind off things to, yeah. to do something. And I enjoy baking. So, Yay. And I enjoy eating. <laughs> so it's perfect. Kayla? Small win. Uh, my daddy came home from deployment on Saturday, so he oh, is now on American soil. Good. Yay. That's great. 
And my small win is I have noticed now that uh, we're wrapping up the year, I've gotten... Bye, bye, Catherine. Catherine's Catherine's leaving. So my small win is that I've noticed that uh, now that there has been words of a vaccine and that we're wrapping up the year and people are more comfortable with with knowing how to act in the world uh, with COVID that I've gotten a lot of clients starting to come back for design work. So I've got, yeah. So I've got one major client that I've worked with a lot who has now started to send me a lot of work and I've just kind of had a few other ones kind of peak more interest in sending one. And then I just got another big job today for uh, a brand new client. So yeah, starting to, starting to see the work come back, which is, which is nice. So semi-normal we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. So anyway, guys, um, Catherine's gone. So Bye, now Kat. now we can talk about her. No. She doesn't listen to the podcast. We can say anything we want. I think you're great and keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> oh, my God. We are such a kiss ass. Hey, guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It helps new listeners to find us. You can also send questions or stories to us at our website, onseekingthebest.com. And you can leave us a voicemail like today, and we'll, we'll play it on the show. Send us a tweet at Seek the Best Pod. And for Kat, Kayla, and myself, thanks for listening. And we'll figure this all out next week. Adios. This has been a Think Live Be production.